Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 342 with a review of Unbroken. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, We are here. We are at the end of our super crazy double omnibus, crazy multi-review, happy extravaganza um, weekend. And we are talking about our final film, Unbroken. So far this weekend, we have reviewed Imitation Game, Wild, The Hobbit, The Interview, Into the Woods. And here we are, the final review. Um, We've lifted that pillar, and now it's finally over our heads. Yeah, we Mm -hmm. are holding over our heads, and we're going to try to finish this review before we get shot if we drop it. And uh, yes, let's just go ahead and jump directly into our trailer uh, for Unbroken, and then come back and give you a review. A lot of ocean. A lot of ocean. Inbound, 3 o'clock. Damn it! My brother used to think that I could do anything. That I was better than I am. You keep going the way you're going, you end up on the street. You train. You fight harder than those other guys, and you win. This might be the fastest final lap in Olympic history. If you can take it, you can make it. Everybody brace. Hello! We're gonna die out here. We're not dying! So you think there's some kind of grand plan? Why do we live when the others didn't? I got good news and bad news. You are enemies of Japan. You will be treated accordingly. Welcome, sort of. We have an Olympic athlete in all camp. Look at me. You're nothing. This man must be taught respect. Each prisoner will teach him this lesson. Making it through the war until the end. That's our revenge. If I can take it, I can make it. Come on. Harder! Oh, come on. Harder! Come on! Hello, mother and father. This is your loving son, Louis. It'll be the first time in two years that you'll have heard from me. I am uninjured and in good health. If he drops it, shoot it. I wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. All right, that was the trailer for Unbroken. Carson, start us off. You have three minutes. Okay. Um, I think that the story of Louis Zamperini is obviously very ins- inspirational and uh, uh, an amazing story. Obviously, he's a uh, real-life badass and hero. Uh, I don't know if the movie quite lives up to the amazingness of his persona and uh, his story, but... Uh, there, there are a lot of people saying like how 
bad this movie was like it was unbearable and blah 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 you know using every un pun they could but uh <laughs> uh honestly i've seen a lot worse aka the hobbit um and i would gladly sit through unbroken again um than seeing the hobbit again um i think that I won't say the movie got a bad rap. I just don't think it's as bad as people are saying. I think it's very like a very traditionally done Hollywood historical movie. Um, and it's made for a certain audience. It's made for old people and 12 year olds. Like that's exactly <laughs> the kind of people who clap just immensely at the end of this movie. And that's totally fine. Like I feel like Angelina Jolie um, almost out Spielberg Spielberg. I mean, this is like a very warhorse style movie and uh i thought it was better than warhorse like i uh, truly like i think that the focus is there you get exactly what you pay for like and i think that sitting through it you know it hits all the cliches of every kind of historical i mean this movie ends with a freaking coldplay song like that's how down to the box it is i mean it's very much going for the the tears uh I won't say I was completely won over, but I don't think it's a complete train wreck. And I think that, you know, our boy Jack O'Connell from Startup is really great in the title role. Uh, we've got Donald Gleason in here. Um, he's good. Uh, a lot of the supporting characters are memorable. I uh, didn't really like the the Japanese dude who played uh, the, the bird. Um, we were kind of discussing beforehand. He didn't really seem to be as intimidating as the real life counterpart look during the uh photo credits or whatever in the end but uh yeah some of that stuff was ridiculously cheesy like at the end where he's lifting the pillar and uh the bird is just kind of like oh like crying i don't know what <laughs> pecking was, at him <laughs> i think he was orgasming like i don't know what they were doing it was almost like the sex scene at the end of munich where he's like climaxing and there's people dying you're like what the hell you man? Have 10 seconds by the way okay um climaxing um I, I, yeah i don't think it was as bad as people were saying so unbroken i was not broken <laughs> all right perfect uh steven I feel like today is agree with Carson Day for the most part. Like, oh, good. <laughs> I mean, this this movie again it it was very um, unambitious. I guess is the way to say it. Like it takes a story that tells itself almost completely. Like it, it's a true story. It's a motivational story. It's basically like part you know part Olympic thing though they don't emphasize that too much part life of pi part uh rescue dawn um and it it tells that story completely fine like it it really feels like a movie that was not made by a filmmaker but by a person who knows what they're doing and just wants to do it justice uh which is probably like a good description of angelina jolie i heard she <laughs> she had a like friendship with louis zamperini throughout making this movie and she really wanted to tell his story in a yeah. good, reasonable it was straightforward. way. Straightforward. Yeah, it, it's the essence of like just a straightforward cliche movie, and it is, it is the kind of thing where old people in my theater also clapped a lot. <laughs> but with that said, like, given the source material and the incredible nature of his journey, I do definitely think she could have done more with it and still made exactly the type of movie that old people would clap for. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the cliches are just so... They're, they're really not felt that heavily. Like, given everything that he's going through, it didn't have anything near the claustrophobia that I got from, like, a Rescue Dawn or 
I'm I'm blanking on other movies that have taken place in camps like this. Um, it it really just like <laughs> the deer <it> hunter. Had, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it it definitely had like the the torture porn aspect that some people are criticizing it for. But yeah. I, I thought it was fairly weak. Like it was not unbearable as as people are calling it or unwatchable or anything. It, it was just all kind of like a little too long and a little too on the nose and that's okay i didn't i didn't think it really showcased jack o'connell that much i feel like compared to startup where he got to pack so much intensity into one role uh this where his experiences are like grander like his highs are higher and his lows are lower well maybe arguably um this it really just didn't to me it didn't showcase that much personality it felt like like they were polishing the statue of Louis Zamperini and he just had to be there for yeah. for the ride. Like he had to tilt the halo the right place and be a little broken when he needed to be and then rise up when he needed to. But it it was all fine. Um I do wish they made a Korean version called Kim Jong Un Broken. But <laughs> that'll come later. Is that your closing statement? That's, that's slow, my closing statement. That's a slow clap and on a Coldplay note right there. Yeah, also, could, halfway through the movie, I realized I have seen Louis Zamperini in person, and he talked about this, and that was kind of weird to realize at the very end. Okay, <laughs> Chris. All right. Uh, so for me, I, I I get why people are saying it was unbearable. Um, oh, sorry, not unbearable. I, I, basically, I didn't like the film. Um, and it's it's not because it was made bad or whatever. I just I just feel that like I think this is a very good p- pairing with Wild, where I can go like, yes, this person went through something that was pretty crazy, but why and why are they fo- they the focus of the story? Because like there there's nothing like our you know our our main hero hero Louis like he is not like a Spartacus or a person who was like he was never he he was singled out by this Japanese uh, camp guy um just because like there was nothing he ever did that made him the target of him so like i don't feel like he was like there i mean you know, we, we, we reviewed Rosewater a while ago, and while that, that didn't nail this either, like, the whole point is that a guy is being captured, and he's learning to, like, figure out a way to not let them get him down, right? Like, that was part of the thing, is, like, he's being held, and they can't take away my will to be happy and free or whatever, even though they have me trapped here in this building. So, in this story, like, there's never a moment where he is rising, like, besides literally lifting that thing above his head, he's never challenging his Japanese captors and and like rising above the being stuck in the camp with him. He's just a guy who keeps getting the crap kicked out of him because he was an Olympic athlete. Like there, there's no, there's nothing in the story that says why he has to be the focus of the story. And everyone else is in the camp just as long as him. He just gets beat more than everybody else does. So it's like, I don't, there's nothing in the story that rises this one character in this narrative above anybody else in a way that makes it that compelling to me. I mean, I guess the title card of like at the end, him wanting to go back and meet all these Japanese people, but the bird never wants to talk to him. Like that is that aspect. I I would love to see a story about that on the side, but I think nothing in the story really stands out. And like, you know, the line from the trailer that Carson always already referenced, it might've been before we started recording the, you know, if I can fake it, I can make it. That sounds fine and great, except for really it just means if I can make it, I can make it. Like there's no, there, there's, there's no, uh, did I say fake it? I'm thinking about you, it. If you can take yeah, it, if, you can if make I can it. take it, I can make it really yeah. just means if I can make it, I can make it. It's just like, well, if I don't die here, then I didn't die here. Like there, there's not, <laughs> it's not as <laughs> profound a statement as you really think. So it's like, I, I think the narrative structure doesn't convince me 
that this story was worth telling, even though I know that like in real life that this is this is a guy who like devoted himself to God because he's like, if you can get me through this, then I'll devote my entire life to you. And then he made it through it. So he changed his whole life around and became like this big you know religious person and all that kind of jazz. But this story doesn't focus on any of that at all, which is fine. But you the film doesn't convince me that the film was worth watching and it's not because it was made poorly it's just that the narrative doesn't sell itself i mean that's kind of the opposite of what you said Stephen. but that's my time so uh now let's go into our after talk of it well i will say that uh i agree that the some of the stuff in the uh the coda at the end of the movie uh i do think there's a lot of interesting stuff in that um that they kind of just throw out at the end that i would definitely like to see you know, really kind of like hard hitting movie about that, you know, like kind of getting deep into that subject matter. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how else you would tell this story, uh, you know, because I don't think like if you tried to go like a stylistic way, um, I feel like it would it would detract from I don't know. Like, I just feel like that the way she told this guy's story was exactly the way like it was meant to be seen almost like it sounds it sounds cliched but i mean it is i I think that unbroken totally fits in it could have come out in you know like 1956 or something like it it clearly is following this old code of movie you know format like it's definitely one of those old uh very uh unpretentious style movies you know it's just that's how they made movies back then and that's how this movie was made i'm like like I mentioned Warhorse, like I, I felt like that was the same way. Um, but I felt like this movie was was better because the focus was actually on, um, you know, uh, the, the focus was where it needed to be, which was Louis Zamperini. Um, and I will just say Roger Deakins obviously is once again a master at cinematography and it looks amazing. So that's that's another plus. So two two things I would have. One, to address uh, Chris's point about the film kind of, if I can make it, I can make it, and he mostly just has to exist. He's not necessarily doing anything incredible. Um, I think the thing that the film downplays, but that truly makes the story pretty incredible, or at least I remember him emphasizing it when he came and gave a talk, was that moment. I, I don't think spoilers really matter for this. <laughs> um there, there's a moment where he's basically offered the Rosewater choice of mm. being a public figure and being the face of everything being okay. And he refuses to do it. And in the movie, they kind of show one way of refusing to do it for the sake of integrity. And in real life, I believe it was much more about if everyone can't be free, I shouldn't be free. Uh, and I think they could have really played up that notion of self-sacrifice and you know, communal, communal value that would have kind of magnified the suffering more because it would have emphasized how, how chosen it was and how he could have done otherwise. Yeah. Um, and I, I think if they would have done that, it would have, it would have added more. And maybe, maybe they sort of did that, but I just didn't pick up on it or just either yeah, they, way. They really didn't make it heavy. I'm kind of surprised they didn't emphasize yeah. it more. Yeah. Or, or if there were, or if there were other people in the camp who were being beat and he like was like, no, beat me instead of them. Like if, if he, if he got in their face to protect other people and that's why he was the focus of the birds like torture, 
then then I, it would have been totally different. Or if, if they had something where like, so I mean, spoilers for Schindler's List, right? There, there's a scene in Schindler's List where like a bunch of the Jews are being pushed into this like into this room uh, that is a shower. And like, you know, you're sort of expecting that everybody's just going to be gassed. And then the water kicks on and everybody's like, oh, my God, this is a real shower. And it's like this moment of like they just dodged a bullet like this could have been them all dying in that moment. But they all survive. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in in that scene <laughs> um, yeah there are no moments in this film where it feels like he's dodging any bullets or like i could have died at this moment i mean besides the plane crash like everything else is sort of just like i just had to suffer through being punched in the face by the everybody in this camp or i had to not drop this thing i had to basically try to win the end of survivor by <laughs> lifting this thing longer than anybody else could li- you know there's there's just a bunch of scenes of of like yeah this sucks for you but i don't see where he sacrificed something that somebody else did it was just sort of like yeah they picked on me here they picked on me here they picked on me here and, and like believe me i'm not trying to step on the legacy of this guy um i i know that the story is way more impactful than what i got from this narrative i just feel that like i don't see in the narrative what he did to self-sacrifice well, mm-hmm. i i totally agree with that i mean the movie is not on a level of something like schindler's list which really feels like a you know hard-hitting real authentic historical movie i mean this feels like a you know grand hollywood production and i think that uh yeah i mean that element is missing from the movie um but i just i think that like I feel like she was going for the Hollywood production, you know, like the grand old traditional sense. And, and, you know, in that sense, I'm like, I'm okay with that. Cause I feel like she succeeded at, at least doing that. And yeah. even though it could have been a lot deeper, but it wasn't. Um, I, I would, I also wanted to say, I'm surprised given some of the people in this movie, namely like the Coen brothers co-wrote the screenplay yeah, and they, it really—I'm yeah. not sure how much of a collaborative uh, project this was because it really didn't feel like it had much of a voice or a point of view. Certainly not anything no. that I would say Cohen-y <laughs> in yeah. any way. I feel like they just kind of touched up the script because there were like four or five credited writers on it, mm-hmm. and they were two—you know, two of them. So yeah. Right. Well, any last thoughts? Uh, we went over, but this is our last review, so I didn't care. <laughs> um, I don't think so. All right. Well, then let's just get into our verdicts then. Carson, if you're going to give this a must-see, reckon with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I would give it a wait for rental. I think that uh, it succeeds at doing what it needs to be done. Like It could have been a better movie, um, but like I said, I think she succeeds at making like the traditional hollywood style movie um and i don't think that it's embarrassing to this guy to zamperini's legacy like i don't think it is you know something where you're like oh it does not live up like it's not like a theory of everything where i think that is not you know reminiscent of at all of you know the greatness of stephen hawking like i think that you know if Louis Zamperini, I don't know if he saw this movie or not, but I don't he did think he did right before he died, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> he was like, they got it all wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't think it, you know, I don't think it's embarrassing to him. Yeah. I th- yeah. yeah. Steven. So there you go. Yeah, in what seems to be a like recurring motif of today, I thought this was a solidly fine movie 
strong-ish, like, wait for rental. It is squarely a wait for rental movie. It does nothing too bad, does nothing too great. It's just a movie that tells a story. That movie is moving. Uh, the story is compelling, and sometimes the story goes a little too long without a point of view. Yep, uh, I, I'm going to give it a wait for rental also. I mean, it, it's the film is fine. I just... With a story uh, uh, that that has the potential to be as powerful as this this could have been, I wanted it to do more to convince me that it was powerful instead of just yeah it sucks what he went through. Um, but it it doesn't do more than tell me that it sucked what he went through. Um, it also sort of like <laughs> sweeps the rest of the people and what they went through under the rug a little too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that is the last of our reviews. So, uh, Carson, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Steven? Now that we have more time, I'll say twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. <laughs> oh. Uh, people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. Uh, you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you, get a, you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can uh, send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Unbroken. Um, or, or it'll be that Coldplay song. <laughs> <laughs> Getting all uplifty up in here. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for joining me on this crazy uh, series of reviews. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having us. And thank you guys for listening to all of them. They're broken up for your convenience, so if you don't care what we think about uh, anything besides Unbroken, because if you're listening to this, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so hopefully you guys enjoyed all these quick reviews. And, uh, yes, soon, sometime, we will be recording our end-of-year recap of 2014, so look forward to that. And also, next week, uh, Taken 3, right? That's yeah. true, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're, we're about to get taken, so yeah. hopefully you guys are excited for that. I'm ready. Listeners Liam Neeson's, and us. Liam Neeson's is my shit. Yep. All yeah. right, well, uh, talk to you guys later, and uh, listeners, see you in the next review. Bye. <laughs>